there. Welcome to Shoot the Flick. I'm Frankie Spox. And I'm Scott Eisenberg. And we are a married couple who like to shoot the shit about movies. That we do. That we do. And we're back, baby. Season four. Season four has officially begun. And we are starting with our ever infamous monthly film series that we like to do here. Yes, and for those who don't know, my wife, Frankie Sparks. Oh yes, that's me. Yes. She is arguably one of the biggest Disney nerds in the world. I don't think it's that serious. I think you're exaggerating, but listen, I am a fan of Disney for sure, despite its flaws. I do feel like there are people worse than me. There are a group of people, a flock, if you will, that is referred to as Disney adults. I don't think I'm a Disney adult necessarily. I don't think I'm the most extreme Disney adult. I have been to Disney World. However, I dress like myself when I go. I don't dress like a princess. I don't wear Mickey ears. I like Disney movies. However, I also recognize that Walt Disney was not a perfect man. You wore ears the last time we went. No. Yes, you did. No, I did not. That said bride on them. I wore them in the store. Mm-hmm. And for the record, you wore them as well because they said groom. You wore groom ones and yeah. I wore bride ones because we had just been married. That's true. But I also. That doesn't count. I'm talking about wearing them in the park, like purchasing them with my monies and then walking around the park with Mickey ears on. However, when I have gone to the parks, I have had conversations with adults dressed like Disney characters working for Disney World who are clearly not Disney characters. However, I have carried on conversations with them as if they are. And that might make me a Disney adult, but not as extreme as some others. I'll just put it out there that way. But in case you haven't figured it out, Our monthly series for this season, being season four, will be Disney films. That means that every single month we will be covering a Disney movie. Not every Disney animated film because there's like a bajillion of them and we ain't got that kind of time. So Revenge of Jafar, you won't be covered. Yeah, no, basically the... um, the criteria is it has to be a Walt Disney Animation Studios film. Uh, Most of the direct-to-DVD sequels are, you know, made in a dumpster somewhere. <laughs> the only good ones are Aladdin's. Yeah, yeah. Some people like The Lion King, too. The joy of vengeance! Testify! I can hear the cheering! Bozo, what a guy! I don't know. Some people, not really me necessarily, but you know, some people. So the way we're going to do this is as follows. There are 12 months out of the year, don't you know, Scott? Oh, yes. And there are six eras as of right now uh, that I know of, of Disney animation. Ah, I see, I see. So yeah, every month Scott and I are each going to pick a different movie from each era and rewatch it and talk about it and see how it holds up. And yeah, it's going to be fun. I'm excited. And maybe we'll talk about why we didn't choose other ones. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Particularly with what we're talking about today, we're, we're kind of just going to talk about the, the golden era of d- the Disney company. It's fraught with problems, i.e., you know, going over budget and, um, you know, racism. That's a big problem. 
that's a, not in this movie necessarily. There is one spot that could be, which I totally missed. So very ma- well, maybe true though. Um, but we'll we'll talk about it. The reason I wanted to talk about Snow White and the Seven Dwarfs, which was released in 1937 is because it is not only the first Disney animated feature, but the first full-length traditionally animated feature, period. Oh, and according to Disney Plus on its oh, yes. description, <laughs> oh, the God. greatest animated film of all time. Yes, it was in quotation marks, so you know it's true. Not too long ago, we had another podcast with some friends of ours. It was called 17 Milligrams. Don't ask me why. It's complicated. The point is, <laughs> we had a podcast with a few of our friends, and we talked about random things. And one day, I remember we talked about Disney in some capacity, and the question was posed if there was a big burning fire in the Disney vault, and you can only save one or two Disney movies, which ones would you pick? And I think I was the one that brought up the idea of possibly saving Snow White because it is so iconic in starting the Disney franchise, as it were. And that's the only thing it has going for it. The film is boring, okay? Like, right off the bat, I wouldn't recommend watching it again. Like, we're going to go through the plot of this and, you know, it's we're going to make it fun because we're going to make fucking fun of it because that's what we do here, right? But, like, completely objectively it's not a bad movie but it's boring (laughs) i was trying to think of when the last time i saw this was and i think it might have been from my sister cassandra who is the oldest of my younger siblings she's in her 20s now so yeah she was really into the disney princesses but my other sister elena wasn't really what I found most interesting about this is that throughout the movie, you, particularly Scott, did not know who the hell we were looking at. You were like, oh, does the bad guy turn into a dragon now? I'm like, no, that's Sleeping Beauty. Oh, does she have a song where she cleans? I'm like, yes. And you're like, oh, so it's Cinderella? No, that, that's no. It's another one <laughs> that cleans. <laughs> a lot of the Disney princesses like to clean, I guess. Yes, well, animals help out. They like to sing and dance. And- yes. This movie was the birth of a lot of Disney tropes, singing animals, nameless princes, and what some might call the Disney death, which is basically when a character is seemingly killed off, but then turns out it is really alive. I mean, this is really the apex of this trope, obviously, because Snow White, not so dead, but then gets a kissy kiss and comes back to life. Well, so yeah, you had Cinderella with the cleaning, you have Sleeping Beauty with the sleeping death. I feel like all this is the same. Well, I feel like also it's a lot of these earlier ones are based off of fairy tales. So this is a Grimm's fairy tale from the 1800s. A lot of those types of stories have similar plots as well. But when when it comes to the golden era of Disney, which kind of took place late 30s into the 40s uh, before, you know, World War Two happened and. <laughs> the Disney company had not very much money and they had to really scale down their budgets. One of the big calling cards of the golden era of Disney is that there is a big shift between light tones and dark tones as far as the, the story. For example, in Snow White, you know, we start off with, ah, 
ha ha ha. Oh, I'm just a pretty princess picking wildflowers in the forest. Ah, ha 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 ha. And then we get to, ah, I'm being chased by demons in the forest. I'm gonna die. To, oh, look, I've met seven little men in the forest. Oh, they're going to help me. Oh, I'm gonna cook for them and clean for them, like, you know, their mommy. And then, and then it goes into, ah, the crazy old witch is gonna kill me with a poisoned apple. And I'm gonna fucking fall off a cliff and die. Like, it's very. It's a lot in such a very little amount of time. <laughs> also, how many Disney villains have fallen to their death? Oh, yeah. There, there's a lot of Disney villains that fall to their death. Because we don't want to see the death. Because this is a kid's movie. So we don't want to see them splattered on the ground below. But we'll just do a quick... <laughs> and we don't get to, what, like Tarzan where he hangs himself in the vines? Yeah, but even then you don't see him. You just see a shadow. You don't, like, see him actually hanging there. So this movie got uh, some Oscar love as well. Seeing as how we are getting close to Oscar season, I feel necessary to bring this up. It was nominated for Best Score. And in 1939, Walt Disney received an honorary Oscar in the form of one regular-sized Oscar and seven little mini Oscars. Ah, get it? Because seven dwarves. Ah, yes, Do yes, you yes. get it? Yes, I get it. Do you get it, though? I get it. Are you sure? Yes. Because it's seven dwarves. Yes, I, I, I get it. He goose-stepped his way all the way to the podium. Uh-huh. And um, he <laughs> he received that award for his pioneering a great new entertainment field, i.e. animated film. I feel like it's necessary in order to introduce this monthly series that we're going to talk about. We got to start from the bottom. As Drake says, we have to start from the bottom before and we get here, which is in 2023. So we have to be on Degrassi. I mean, that. I mean, I was just going to say that wouldn't be the worst thing, but Degrassi is like the most <laughs> fucking dangerous school. So many kids have been through so much crap in Degrassi. Especially Spinner. Okay, don't start with Spinner. <laughs> so uh, another interesting thing that we need to bring up, I guess in this era of Disney is the nine old men. Um, <laughs> they were all animators on Snow White. So if you don't know who the Disney nine old men are, it's basically Walt Disney's core animators. They were all hired in the 20s and 30s. And they really were an integral part in making all of the earlier movies up to like, I want to say like the 70s. They were all working. But they're all just nine white old dudes that basically shaped how things were in the Disney Corporation and how things were put out. So, and that also explains a lot of the racial undertones, or some might say overtones, depending on what movie. Uh, we're going to talk about that, I'm sure, as we go along. So, guys like Stan Quackenbush. Oh, yeah, because they do a thing in the beginning with the opening credits, you know, and they name all the animators. Mind you, they don't name any of the voice cast because voice casts, now for animated films are not the same as voice casts back in the day. We we will discuss that as well. But yeah, there was a Stan Quackenbush on there. I feel like he's the new Flip Cobbler for uh, sure. If you've listened to our Beauty and the Beast Enchanted Christmas review, you know what I'm talking about, Flip Cobbler. Oh, Flip. <laughs> but um, yeah, there's also one of the nine old men is named Wooly. So you know, you you know what kind of guys I'm talking about here when you're talking about an old white guy named Wooly. You know what I'm saying? He's right? got a beard. You get what I'm saying though, right? Yeah. Yeah. Okay. <laughs> because a lot of things people will say about earlier Disney is that it's it's definitely more 
racially insensitive and, and sexist. I mean, this movie, however, is probably the least of those two things. Listen, comparatively to other things. Yes. Either way, you're going to have some sexism and some racial insensitivity when you're talking about pre-World War II times where, you know, even making movies for kids, it's just certain things are more openly accepted that would never be accepted now. But what I will say is, as far as sexism, there was a main supervising director named David Hand on the project. There were five other sequence directors. Uh, and then it was written by eight writers, this movie. This, like, 82-minute movie had eight writers, which is insane. But it's different in that there were seven dudes and one strong, badass bitch named Dorothy who was one of the writers. <laughs> Dorothy Ann Blank. We, we, we love her and we want to celebrate her because she was a woman in a man's world, damn it. <laughs> Most of the animators were men, but then most of the ink and paint girls who like did all the coloring and stuff like that for the movies were all women. So let's let's applaud them. And they didn't get shit credit. No, of course not. I guess some people still care about Snow White because there is going to be a remake coming out in 2024. That'll be fun, right? Uh, right? Uh, <laughs> Gal Gadot is the evil queen. Okay. Right? That's going to be fun. So who's going to be the fairest of them all? Uh, Rachel Zegler, who was Maria huh? in the newer West Side Story. Okay. Um, as far as the dwarfs or little people, however they <laughs> would... I don't know how they're going to be referred to in this movie. Um, I know Peter Dinklage has gone on record, who's obviously a very famous little person actor is like uh why are we why are we doing this this doesn't seem appropriate and i can't help but agree i don't think anyone was clamoring for a live action snow white however that's what disney's doing nowadays well unless they do the fantasy type of dwarf what do you oh like a li like 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 an elf like freaking lord of the rings or some shit. like like gimli like yeah we're gonna cast a six foot seven man and have him be on his knees the entire time i don't think they're gonna do that because <laughs> <laughs> here's the th i don't think you can do this i don't think you should do this at all i don't think this movie because like i said it's boring it's it's boring I don't think it needs to be remade at all. I don't think we need more princess movies. I think what they need to do are things like Ralph Breaks the Internet. Well, well I don't think we need to do that either, no, do no, we? No, 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 no. But the, you had the room of Disney princesses, and that was like a cool, fun moment. Oh, yeah, that was cute. So stuff like that, or have them interact not in the movies, like... That stuff, yeah, like, do I little shorts fine. with them. That's that's fun. I mean, not for nothing. They tried to do, like, a more, I guess, gritty, badass Snow White, I know. Like, they did the Snow White and the Huntsman movies in, like, the 2010s. Wasn't that Kristen Stewart? Yeah, Kristen Stewart was Snow White, and Chris Hemsworth was the Huntsman, I think. And it did not get widely received well, I don't think. So, I, I don't know. I don't know why it exists. I don't know why there's a freaking Amanda Bynes Snow White remake. I don't know. Oh, uh, yes, Scott. Yeah, look at me with that crazy look. It's called Sydney White. It was released in 2007. I assume as kind of a response to the Cinderella movie with uh, Hilary Duff. It was called Cindy. Sydney. Sydney White. And, uh, yeah, I don't know. I don't know why it exists. Oh, Disney Channel. You, it, no, you, it's not Disney Channel. It's a real movie that was released in theaters. Oh, God. That, 
that sounds because like it should be right next to Quince. It does. No, it does for sure. Or like Luck of the Irish, yeah. But no, because a Cinderella story, which was again literally Cinderella in modern times with Hilary Duff, came out. I think like couple years before that and it got received much better because from what i remember i saw it as a kid it was an okay movie but yeah i guess they made sydney white with amanda Bynes as a response to that so yeah my point is they've tried to remake this story in film and it's like no we don't need it why Uh, but money though let's face it when you watch this movie none of the characters are really interesting like, no, no. I mean, the behind-the-scenes stuff is much more interesting than the actual movie. Let's put it out there right none now. Of, none of the songs except Hi Ho are really memorable. Yes, everyone knows Hi Ho. And um, Hi Ho is just Hi Ho. <laughs> I feel like some people know Whistle While You Work, but that's pretty much I it. I feel like that got replaced by Enchanted, because Enchanted did a better working song. I don't even remember that one. I didn't watch the fucking Enchanted sequel, by the way. Because why I don't care, <laughs> but mind you, I watched the Avatar sequel, which was filmed even farther away from that movie's predecessor, and I didn't really care for that movie either. So I mean, <laughs> the the lesson is don't make sequels to your movies like twenty years after the original, because no one cares. Honestly, it, I can't even remember one that's worked. Yeah, I mean this movie. Like at the end of last year, 2022, it just celebrated its 85 year anniversary. So this movie is a hundred fucking this this story is so old. (laughs) The story is from the fucking 1800s. Like we don't stop remaking it. It's not working out. (laughs) I mean, we'll see how it goes with the new new one, because, you know, I'm going to fucking watch it when it comes out on Disney Plus. And it will just be forgotten like all the rest of them. Like you True. saying Snow White and the Huntsman, mm. that brought back like the flash of a trailer to me. I know. 2010s. Well, what a time. <laughs> so I guess we can get started on this now and really kind of crack this book open. Get it? Because <laughs> the, movie, the movie starts with a book being open. Um, so Scott, you ready to get into the nitty gritty? Season four. Let us dive right in. All right, let's dive into this old-ass Disney movie and see if we can make it funny. Now, (laughs) we start off with our evil queen, Queen Grimhilda, which her name is never said in the movie, but IMDb says (laughs) her name is Grimhilda. So we're going to go with that. Well, let's see. The only people's names who are said in the movie is Snow White and the Seven Dwarves. Yeah, that's literally it. There's a prince that has no name except in IMDb. There's a queen that has no name. So our evil queen is voiced by Lucille Laverne. Now, doesn't that sound like an old-timey movie star name? Lucille Laverne. Um, This was her last film credit before her death in 1945. She also played the old hag version of herself. And this isn't a spoilery kind of review. We all know the fucking story of Snow White, okay? So when she turns into an old hag, it's still her doing the voice, except there's one major difference in her character choice. You want to know what that difference is? What is it? She took out her dentures, and that was her... (laughs) She took out her little old teeth... And that was her voice for the hag. I thought that was very cute. (laughs) Um, But she's talking to her magic mirror, voiced by Maroni Olsen, who is another old white man playing this creepy, creepy role. Yeah, the magic mirror was described in the storybook as a slave. 
put into a mirror? Yeah, it's kind of displayed as different things in different versions, I think, of Snow White. Like, uh, one, I know there's a couple of things that say the mirror's just possessed by, like, an evil spirit or something. I don't know. It's evil. Or it's evil because the evil queen has it, you know what I mean? You know what, who is the best magic mirror? Who? Shrek. Oh, well, yeah, it's like a game show host. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it'll be nice. We can reference Shrek a lot in this monthly series. <laughs> so she essentially establishes that uh, she is pretty, but Snow White is prettier, and that makes her mad. Yeah, it made me think this of... This 14-year-old girl, mind you, is Snow White is 14, makes her mad because she's now more beautiful than her because titties, I guess. I don't know. Uh, it made me think, like, so anytime a girl is born in this kingdom, when she comes of age, if she is automatically more beautiful than the queen, does the queen go get this child and kill them immediately? I Well, I mean, that... I guess is implied, but I think, I, I think the general idea is like Snow White and e- the Evil Queen are like vying for the number one and two spot at all times. But there's no one else. I mean, there's I don't no- know. <laughs> Damn, that's an ugly baby. I'm sure it was played a lot in that kingdom. Oh God. Damn, that's an ugly baby. God damn, that's an ugly ass baby. So Snow White is her stepdaughter. What happened to Snow White's mom, Scott? She's dead? Dead. What happened to her dad, Scott? Also dead. Dead, dead I tell you, dead. <laughs> That's another Disney trope. Dead parents. All the dead parents. Yes. Oh, everywhere. <laughs> yes, and... Snow White is forced to be a scullery maid. A scullery maid? <laughs> uh, which I had to look up what a scullery maid was. Scullery maid. It's just fun to say. It is fun to say. So, interestingly, uh, within the first four minutes of this movie, we have a song. There's a lot of songs in this movie. and Like, okay, when you lay it out, there's what? Uh, one, two, three, four, five, six, seven... Eight, nine. So there's nine songs total, including two songs that have a reprise. So there's all with the reprises, it's nine songs altogether, which in a musical isn't that bad. But the problem is the movie is like 80 minutes long, so it just seems like forever. So it's more than a song every 10 minutes. Oh yeah, yeah. That's fucking crazy. It's it's a lot. <laughs> it's it's a lot, and um. Snow White, who we meet right about now when she goes into the first song called I'm Wishing because she's at a wishing well, just wishing, wishing, wishing for things to happen to her like most Disney princesses do. Her voice is interesting. It's unique, some might say. It sounds like a drunk Betty Boop. Well, ironically, that is funny because some of the artists who created the design for Betty Boop were also creating the design for Snow White. But um, I believe Walt Disney was like, I don't want her to look like a flapper. We need her to look more homely and things like that. So they kind of took away, you know, the flashiness and therefore the Snow White we all know today. But I know in Disney World, you can meet Snow White if you are so daring. And uh, one of the requirements, I think, for being Snow White in Disney World is you have to have an annoying squeaky voice. Let's put it that way. It's so iconic for this character 
to have a voice that is unique. <laughs> oh my god, the voice is so bad. But um, I feel we need to mention the voice actress for Snow White because it is just the first of many instances where, ironically, with Disney, which is a animation studio and a company in general that is all about the kids, you know? We, we want to make the kids happy. Um, they have this thing where they kind of, like, don't give a shit about their child actors. <laughs> What a shock. Yeah, I know. Crazy, right? The movie business not treating child actors well. It's I can't believe it. Anyway, Snow White was uh, voiced by Adriana Casalotti. And uh, she was 19 when she was hired in 1935. Uh, but Snow White, her character, is supposed to be 14 years old. Remember, 14 years old. This will be important for later. Snow White is 14. Okay. So Adriana Casalotti, she was paid $970 for her role, which comes out to roughly $18,000 today. Nice. Considering how, uh, you know, influential uh, Snow White was for every Disney princess moving forward and just the Disney company in general, it seems like she got shafted. But wait, there's more. Because of a very restrictive Disney contract, she was not invited to the premiere of the movie. They never got credit, the voice actors, because oh, they didn't want to ruin it for the kids. That You're Snow White, Adriana Castellotti, and you can't, you can't be yourself anymore. Therefore, she was forced to keep her role in the movie secret for years. And she never really had a singing role in a movie ever again, despite being a classically trained opera singer. <laughs> The only other notable credit that she had in a movie, at least it involves singing. Do you remember in Wizard of Oz, I believe in the Tin Man segment in his song where there's a little girl voice? Picture me a balcony above a voice sings low. Wherefore art thou, Romeo? Remember that? No, I don't. Well, that's her. <laughs> that's Adriana Casalotti who played Snow White. Other than that, her career was pretty much shafted because of this movie. Nice. Now, if you think like, oh, that's not that bad, Frankie. It's it's bad, but like it, there are things that are worse. <laughs> Peter Pan. We're going to talk about it at some point. Don't you worry. Anyway, uh, <laughs> so Snow White is singing a beautiful song. I'm wishing, I'm wishing for uh, like a boyfriend. She's always wishing for a boyfriend. Like that's, you know, <laughs> she's very much a 14-year-old girl. Let's put it that way. And then a man. Oh, God, yeah. <laughs> riding on a horse, hears her, hops into this woman's backyard and without introducing himself, walks up behind her. Yeah. And starts singing. Yeah, totally fine. I, I don't know what you're getting so upset about, Scott. He goes into another song called, weirdly enough, get ready for this. The song that he's singing, this one solitary song that he sings in the movie, is called One Song. One Song. Glory. <laughs> yeah, right? It should be. That would be much more entertaining. Um, so, okay, this is where we get into kind of the issue of the movie. <laughs> so, um, okay, the, the prince in this movie, according to IMDb, Disney, Wiki, whatever, his name is Prince Florian. 
Okay. We, it's not a name. It's fine. <laughs> well, no, it's funny because, okay, so on Wikipedia, it's something else. On Letterboxd, it's something else. This prince has like five different names it's depending fine, on where you Scott. look at. He has m- many aliases because he's running from the cops. You know why? <laughs> he's not really a prince. No, but li- okay, listen to this, okay? He is voiced by Harry Stockwell, who just happens to be Dean Stockwell's father. Ah. Um, but that's not that's not what makes this an issue, Scott. Oh, yes, okay? yes, yes, yes. According, <laughs> God damn it! According to Disney Wiki and things of that nature, this character is thirty-one years old. Ah. Now, in not in defense of that, but I think because the actor is also thirty-one. But it says in the thing that the prince is also that age. So I think they just didn't make him any age and just went, oh, well, the actor's 31. Let's just say he's 31. Not thinking that that's weird. (laughs) That a 30-year-old man is chasing a 14-year-old girl around, singing to her, saying he's in love with her, with doves flying everywhere and beautiful song. And that's your love story. I don't know. supposedly either way even if he's a man because he is a man he sings like a man his balls have dropped he has a low register in his voice right he is a man he's 30 so even if he's like 18 it's a problem (laughs) but he's supposedly 31 (laughs) prince florian which also have you ever <laughs> met a man named Florian? No. Maybe you've met a man named Ferdinand. But if you have in recent years, I'm sorry. I'm sorry, Ferdinand, for your unfortunately weird name. <laughs> you have a band named Franz Ferdinand. That's true. And Franz Ferdinand, that band is named after a fucking world leader that was assassinated, <laughs> I think, in World War One or before World War One. Yeah, I think it's World War One. yes. Um, but you know that's hey that's fun too why not world war one jokes are are we making it funny yet guys are we making it funny <laughs> this movie but the queen who is now upset she is pissed she is upset that snow white is being considered the fairest of them all tells the huntsman to go take snow white and stab her in the woods and bring back her heart the huntsman decides he can't kill her because she's just so sweet she's picking flowers and helping a lost baby bird and um the huntsman sneaks up behind her tries to stab her the score is very daunting and scary and then he kind of just crumbles to the floor and cries oh run run princess run into the forest escape quickly the queen's trying to kill you this is like our dark section of the movie. Yeah, the score kind of goes crazy in this scene. And just to reiterate, because I know we briefly mentioned that the score was nominated for an Oscar. Uh, Paul J. Smith and Lee Harline did the score. They also did the score for Pinocchio, which comes right after this in the Disney lineup. And Frank Churchill composed all of the songs. And uh, Larry Morey, who was one of our directors for this movie, was the lyricist which, I mean, he should stick with his day job, which is not lyricist and a director because the, the, songs, the songs are all boring and bland. So during this part where we get dark and crazy and Snow White starts going, Oh, oh, oh. <laughs> what does she do, babe? Oh, oh. <laughs> well, 
Oh, she's doing that. She's spinning in a circle. Ah, yes. Don't you do that when you're afraid, Scott? Oh, of course, you know. Like, just run. Just keep running. I mean, I'll admit, because I wasn't a big fan of this movie as a child, but I'll say when I did watch it, I found it scary. I remember at some point I was like, I don't want to watch this movie because it's scary. I feel like as a kid, that sequence in the woods is very creepy and scary. But then finally, after she collapses to the floor, all the evil eyes turn to little critter eyes. Oh, yes. Little bunnies and wabbits and, and, and toitles and deer. And they all start coming out. And Snow White is like, oh, I'm sorry for causing such a fuss. Oh, my God. <laughs> I'm so sorry I caused such a fuss. Screaming and crying. Because I thought my stepmother was going to murder me. So, just so you know. If you're ever accused of murder and you go to court, just call it the little fuss. Yeah, I would love that. If you like make your victim impact statement and the judge goes, oh, dear, you need to stop making such a fuss. <laughs> it was just a little attempted murder. Just a little attempted murder. Just a tiny one. Why make such a fuss over this? But um, the animals come out of the woods to like comfort her and they sing a song, of course. Well, mostly Snow White really is singing. The, the animals don't sing. No, they don't uh, sing in this one. <laughs> but they do come up and cuddle near her, especially some deer. Oh, yes. The whole time we're sitting there and all these animals are just like coming at her and like jumping all over her and cuddling her and stuff. And I'm just like, at one point the deer, a deer comes up and like looks in her eyes. And I just like blurted out, I have Lyme disease. <laughs> <laughs> Which for some reason we thought was really funny. I have Lyme disease. <laughs> like it's really not sanitary if you think about it. You don't know where these animals have been. They're just licking her face and shit. Oh god. That turtle probably has salmonella up the wazoo. <laughs> I'm just saying. But they, they lead her to the cottage. Uh, you know what cottage? It's the fucking dwarf's cottage. It's a mess. It's a shit show, yeah, for sure. She decides to clean the house with the, all the animals, which... Oh, they all use their asses, by the way, to clean things. Like, the birds are sweeping with their asses. The squirrels are sweeping with their asses. The deer is holding clothes on his ass and shaking it around. Like, everyone uses their ass to do things in this movie. If you have it, flaunt it. I guess so. But yeah, they're doing Whistle While You Work. While meanwhile, the dwarfs are in the mine, mining jewels, which, like, that's never really, nothing needs to be explained please we don't need this runtime to be longer but like what why do they mine for jewels every day what is how is the economy work here like how do we pay for food and dishes that are dirty in the sink are are the dwarves related how did the dwarves get their names yeah that's also a question did they develop the personality before they got the names yeah are the names all just nicknames is grumpy's real name actually joe yeah, we get a nice little rendition of Hi Ho! Hi Ho! Hi Ho! Hi Ho! Hi Ho! It's home from Earth we go! Hi Ho! Hi Ho! Who are you calling a hoe? They come home and they are there's a whole long ass sequence that never ends of the dwarfs like scared because someone's in their house. And they think Snow White's a dragon because 
they're stupid yeah, and <laughs> that's why i started going oh so the evil queen turns into a dragon at, at the end and yeah, my wife was, was like, like and, frankie's, no. and frankie's like no that's sleeping beauty and then there was a whole there's a jiminy cricket reference they, yeah they scream jiminy crickets which i think was a thing i think the phrase jiminy crickets came before the actual jiminy cricket I'm pretty sure that's true. Again, I wasn't alive in the 30s, so I don't know, but I'm going to take a stab in the dark and say that's true. I can see Jimmy Stewart saying that. Jiminy Crickets. <laughs> it's a wonderful life. I don't know. I don't know. What does Jimmy Stewart say? It's, it's proud, no, but I can see was that a good? Was that a good impression of Jimmy Stewart? I think so. Oh, God. Okay. Um, so Snow White basically becomes the mommy for the dwarves. She cooks for them and cleans for them, and she is unbothered by their dwarfness. Actually, when she first gets to the house, she sees all these little beds and all this dirty crap and d- d- dishes piled in the sink. And she's like, ah, seven little orphans must live here. <laughs> seven little children must live here because clearly adults don't live here because adults would know they'd have to clean up after yourself. We meet all the dwarfs. Uh, Doc, dopey, grumpy, sleepy, bashful, happy, and Sneezy. Yeah, and Sneezy is super powered. Sneezy is a Marvel superhero for sure. Every time he sneezes, it's like a fucking hurricane. Well, only sometimes. Like, he can turn it on and off, clearly, because sometimes he sneezes and it'll achoo! And then sometimes he sneezes and, like, the house shakes and everyone goes flying out the window. <laughs> And Snow White's like, for me to cook for you, you all have to go clean up. Oh my god, guys, guys, there's a whole song, a whole ass song, that's like 10 years long, about these grown fucking men just washing their hands before they eat dinner. That was it. That was what these Disney people thought was going to be entertaining. Clearly, in 1937, entertainment was like a different animal. Like, they thought that a song and dance sequence about washing your hands was going to be entertaining simply because it was animated. That's something that like belongs in a thing for like a three year old. Like that's like pe- like hey I mean, kids, yeah. we have to learn to wash our hands. Yeah, yeah. Like I can see Peppa Pig <laughs> doing a wash your oh, hands song. Imagine though, like imagine if an animated movie now. Imagine if like Into the Fucking Spider Verse had a whole sequence of just Miles Morales washing his hands to go to like dinner. Imagine that. Ten minutes of Miles just going. Just washing his hands in the bathroom, throwing water on his face. Just imagine that. People would walk out of the fucking theater. People would be like, what the fuck is happening? And not only that, six of the dwarves surround Grumpy. And like, uh, like basically drown him because he, he's he's obstinate and he doesn't like Snow White because <laughs> he thinks all women are evil. So he's basically the Andrew Tate of 1937, and he decides he's not gonna wash his hands. So they all bum rush him and throw him in the water. Yeah, his line: "Women are poison, filled with wicked wiles." Well. You and your wicked wiles better wash your damn self because you are disgusting. He works in the mine. So clean yourself. 
That would be like if you came home from work every day and just didn't take a shower and you're like, I'm a man. I stink because I'm a man and I work hard. That's it. And then you just never shower. Like, what the fuck? Why? It's the 30s. No, people bathed in the 30s. This isn't the Middle Ages. People bathed in the 30s. They had running water in the 30s, Scott. This actually might be like the 1800s, if you think about it, like in the movie. Right. Okay. Fine, Scott. Whatever. Because they they like bathe in like a trough in the backyard. Okay. Well, then get your ass in the trough. You pig, get in there and <laughs> clean yourself. Meanwhile, back at the evil castle where the evil queen is eviling, uh, she decides to ask the mirror again because she thinks Snow White is dead now. And she asks, who's the fairest of them all? And the mirror's like, ha ha, you dumb bitch. Snow White's still alive. She's in the mountains with the dwarves and shit. And she's like, no, bitch, I have her heart in this box, look-see. And the mirror's like, Haha, that's a pig heart, dummy. You want to make some bacon? No? You want to kill that bitch, Snow White? All right, let's get on it. So she's like, I'm going to disguise myself as an old hag and create a poison apple out of ingredients that don't make any sense. Scott got very upset about that. Like, this is a real cooking show that he's trying to follow to make a poison apple. Well, no, because it's like... An old maid's whisper or something like that. A uh, screaming shout of death. Like, it's just, it just doesn't make any sense. I'm like, this is almost as bad as fucking Halloween Town, the ghost sweat. Oh, yes, yes. In Halloween Town, to, like, save the day, we needed ghost sweat. But at least in Halloween Town, ghosts existed. Yeah, but how do they sweat? They all have pores. That doesn't matter, Scott. It's a fantasy film. Disney. <laughs> so the poisoned apple causes sleep like death that's what it's referred to in the movie and she's like oh uh wait i have to make sure that there's no antidote to this poison well let me look at my little book of the damned and see (laughs) what the deal is with that so she looks around she's like oh this curse can be reversed by love's first kiss and the queen who literally just recently was so pissed off because snow white was talking to a boy and instantly fell in love with him i guess because movie she was so pissed off about that but she's like oh no that shouldn't be a problem at all close this book all right off we go (laughs) it's like wait a minute well in a world where someone is in a coma or dead you shouldn't have random men coming up to a 14-year-old corpse and going, you know what? I'm going to make out with that. Yeah, I mean, I mean, but also it's weird because in the movie, the evil queen is like, oh, the dwarfs are going to think that Snow White is dead and they'll bury her alive in the ground. And when all that happens, the dwarfs have no reason to believe that Snow White is still alive. So, in theory, she should be buried underground, but for some reason they decide, no, we're going to put this corpse in a glass coffin above ground and just sit outside all the time and cry. But why? Wouldn't she decompose after a while? That doesn't concern you, tiny men. It's going to stink up your house, like... But luckily, the prince shows up, I guess, at the right time. We're so happy for 31-year-old princes kissing 14-year-old girls. It's fine. 
It's fine. It's it's perfectly fine. Now get on my horse. Oh no. <laughs> <laughs> That's what's annoying about this too, because like it sets up the trope of so many princess movies of like I just wish for things to happen, and I want a boyfriend to whisk me away and everything will be fine i mean that's why we got kind of like a rush of the exact opposite like on the other side of the spectrum with movies like you know mulan where it's like i don't need no man i can make my own fairy tale bitch but anyway we get uh, another song of course because songs this movie is like i want to say over half just songs yep Someday My Prince Will Come, which is essentially just another I want song for Snow White being like, I want a boyfriend to carry me away to his castle. And then, oh, my God, look what time it is. We have to go to sleep. Okay, Snow White, you can go sleep on all our beds and we'll sleep in the cabinet. Hmm. So, yeah, the next morning they all have to go to work because they are dwarfs who work in mine because movie. Yes. So they go to work meanwhile snow white stays at home cleaning and making a pie specifically for grumpy by the way he she writes grumpy's name on the pie and nobody else (laughs) because she's trying to butter him up because he hates her the most but he's like slowly but surely warming to her i guess he's warming to her and fucking dopey wants like to like make out with her i guess yeah he's like come here snow white it's just so gross (laughs) it's weird Knowing that she's 14, how sexualized she really is. Because, I mean, all the princesses are sexualized to a certain degree. And most of them, if not all of them, are underage. I don't know. It's it's still kind of weird, particularly with this movie. Because even there's one point where she's sleeping in their beds. And they cut, like, to a close-up of Snow White. And her bosom is just heaving as she sleeps. Like, you just... It's all tits. It's like, dude, calm down. Like, just stop it already. But, yeah, I just thought that was interesting. Would you like to hear some of our potential dwarf names that were rejected? Sure. Let's hear them. Oh, they're so bad. Um, <laughs> we have... <clears throat> Stuffy. Tubby. Weepy, crawly, scrappy, dizzy, wheezy, hoppy, hotsy, puffy, shifty, biggy wiggy, <laughs> stubby, gloomy, jumpy, baldy, burpy, lazy, dirty, nitty, hungry, gaspy, <laughs> shorty, blabby, hickey, snippy, and last but not least, my personal favorite, deafy. D-E-A-F-Y. <laughs> so he can't hear. Deffy. Deffy. <laughs> we already had Dopey, which, by the way, Dopey is, like, borderline offensive because he's clearly just not, like, a stupid guy. Like, Dopey, today, we use Dopey. He's like, oh, you're so silly. He's, like, borderline mentally challenged. Like, it's really... <laughs> it's it's painted that way, and it feels a little icky sometimes. Oh, yeah. He has a moment where... He's playing the drums and he hits a cymbal on his head and he makes like a face like as he's like vibrating out of like. Yeah, you said this. I missed this. As he's vibrating like out of the picture. I'm like, that kind of looks like an Asian stereotype there. 
And of course, it has to be Dopey doing it. Yeah, I wasn't sure. I it, it was, was so like, quick, I didn't see it. I'm like, that's a little weird. It um, very well might be. I mean, one of the most infamous versions of like Asian stereotyping in Disney movies is Aristocats. If you know what I'm talking about, you know what I'm talking about. <laughs> but in the song, everybody wants to be a cat. Just, just, just. If you've never seen it, just Google it. Just Google it real quick. And you'll see it. It's not hard to miss. <laughs> so that very well may be the case in Snow White. So Snow White is doing her thing. Meanwhile, the witch, who is now disguised as this old hag, she is, by the way, definitely one of the scariest and ugliest Disney villains of all time. <laughs> yeah, she's up there. There's one point when she's going to see Snow White. Like, she goes through the castle and there's a dungeon underneath. <laughs> And there's this, like, literal skeleton laying in this dungeon, and its arm is stretched out to try to reach a pitcher of water. <laughs> and she just walks by so casually, and she's like, <laughs> thirsty, and kicks it out of the way. It's one of the only, like, genuinely funny moments of the movie, <laughs> Mo- uh, in modern times anyway, in my opinion. Me, part of me wants that to be the Huntsman, but not enough time has passed. Yeah, no, that would be funny. But the, yeah, no, it's it's too soon. We never see the Huntsman again. We don't know what happened to him. Well, that never comes back. He's we dead. just assume that he is dead <laughs> or will soon be. So the evil queen goes to the cottage and the animals immediately get suspicious and try to warn Snow White. But she's like, oh, shoo, don't you mess with this nice old lady. How could you? You should be ashamed of yourself. So they run off to try to warn the dwarfs. And try to get them to come back. But of course they are too late. After the witch is like, it's a magic wishing apple, child. You can eat this apple and wish for anything you want. Don't you like any boys? And she's like, ooh, I like boys. And I would wish for a boy. So she eats the apple, of course. And she falls into a deep, dark sleep. And uh, the dwarfs and the animals come back. And they're like, ah, but a chase ensues. And we get a fucking chase scene in this 1937 children's film. Yes, Yes, they chase the queen up a cliffside. The queen, who throughout this movie is known for knowing black magic, Mm -hmm. decides, you know what? How am I going to kill these dwarves who are chasing me? Am I going to use magic? No, I'm going to use a giant rock. (laughs) It's not just a boulder. It's a rock. Just a stick. (laughs) Um, But, of course, she gets struck by lightning. So, I mean, you know, Thor decides he's going to come down from above and kill this bitch. (laughs) Chris Hemsworth saves the day. That is kind of funny now I think about it, that Chris Hemsworth plays Thor. And Chris Hemsworth is also in a Snow White remake. Lightning. Is there, like, a six degrees of separation thing we can do there? Uh, Sure. Why not? Sure. Why not? Let's do it. Anything to make this movie interesting. (laughs) Anything to make this movie matter. So, according to, again, Disney Wiki and things, because you can't rely on this movie to give you any details of use because it's, like, 80 minutes long and in 1937... Apparently, Snow White was in this glass coffin in the woods for, like, a year before the prince came Jesus along. Jesus Christ. So, like, she should be, at, at the very least, when she is awoken by the prince's kiss, 
she should like have some muscular atrophy <laughs> that she needs to get worked out some physical therapy she needs to do before she goes hopping on horseback and riding off into the sunset but again I digress okay it doesn't fucking matter Prince Florian <laughs> Prince Dorian Gray <laughs> goes off and kisses his 14-year-old girlfriend and they ride off into the sunset together, presumably to his kingdom. Because the queen's kingdom has fallen apart. Right. I mean, well, technically it's Snow White's kingdom too, but she doesn't give a fuck. Like, you know, I would assume that Snow White's kingdom is just crumbling right now under no management and no leadership. I, I made the joke when the evil queen leaves. Like, when she finally leaves to go, like, chase after Snow White. I'm like, did somebody come up to, like, the throne room and go, uh, Queen, um, hi, we need to discuss taxes for the rec center? Oh, my God, not the <laughs> rec center. Yeah, that's the truth. Like, what does she do? What does the evil queen do? Like, is she is she really running shit? Like, I would imagine it's a very, like, poor and embittered society of peasants down there. Watching the 1%, you know, living the high life. But then again, we don't see any servants or anything in her castle. No, because her scullery maid is the princess. Right, but what is... Because she's in the castle all the time. Because the queen wouldn't want her to go outside so everyone can see how beautiful she is. And get, like, snatched up by some other 30-year-old guy. So, like, she's in the castle. So how do they get food? How do they do anything? What is this kingdom? <laughs> Dear, half the times they can't even animate mouths to move. What, Why are we getting into this? What is this kingdom? No, I understand what you're saying, but I feel like certain things need to be addressed. <laughs> Maybe I'm just losing my mind because this movie was boring me to tears. I don't know. But listen, that was Snow White. <laughs> Again, I feel like this movie was worth talking about i mean it has a 98 percent critic score on rotten tomatoes uh, that's a thing L- listen it is it worth re-watching no no i don't think so does it have its space in history yes exactly yes right yes was that, was that okay you like hesitated no you, you, you finished you finished my you sentence finished the thing so <laughs> it was <laughs> I think this movie's... <laughs> we're already losing our minds here. I mean, what I'll say is I think it is necessary to acknowledge this movie for what it is, and it is a stepping stone, an introduction into what animation could be and what it has become now. I mean, you know, comparatively, I don't know, what's the last animated movie that came out don't say strange world because no one freaking watched that that movie i'm probably gonna watch the disney movie strange world just because again disney nerd but like no one saw that fucking thing well the latest ones you got like so what was before that encanto if you look at this and then look at encanto like obviously animation has come a long way and that wouldn't have happened necessarily without Disney. So I feel like it's worth talking about. It's a great introduction to what's going to be our monthly series this season. But don't worry. We're going to talk about a whole lot of other stuff other than just Disney movies. Exactly. But we won't be talking about Bruno. We won't talk about Bruno. That's what we sure as fuck won't (laughs) do. Okay? We know. We heard the fucking song. Okay? Lynn (laughs) Lynn should have put that up for the Oscar. 
If, if he did, he would have won the Oscar. And he would be an EGOT guy right now. But he's not. Lynn. What were you thinking, Lin-Manuel Miranda? Anyway, besides the point. I'm excited to talk about more Disney movies. Just for no other purpose than to kind of just like track how Disney animation and animation in general has changed and evolved over the years. But like I said, we got to start from the bottom. And uh, now we have. And now we can only go up from here. We can only go up. Or can we? No, we can. We can. We can? Possibly. Yeah. Maybe. We fly now? <laughs> we fly now. We fly now. <laughs> Did we watch, we watched Avatar 2 recently, so of course we had to rewatch Avatar 1, and they literally said in Avatar 1 the words, they fly now, and we lost our minds. We were like, they fly now? <laughs> it was great. Oh, God. And see, us having that, we didn't go off because Star Wars is Disney now. It's Star fine. Wars is Disney. Everything is Disney. Disney is everything and everything is Disney. We're all controlled by the mouse. It's true. He's listening to us right now. Oh. <laughs> okay. So, uh, Scott, what, what did you rate? Snow White and the Seven Dwarfs. I have it as a two and a half, mainly for its historic shit. If it wasn't for it being such a historic movie, it would probably be less than that, but it's a two and a half. Um, Listen, I have it as a two and a half as well. Not just for its historical significance. I think there are good things out of this movie. There are a couple of songs that are good. The animation is really pretty. The vistas are very nice. The score is really good. So, yeah, there are good things about it. It's just, you know, there's a lot of boring things that were just there. It's kind of like Avatar. It's kind of like the Avatar of the 1930s, where the story is weak, right? But people don't care as much about that because the visuals are so stunning at that time. So you're saying if Snow White was blue? No, no. No, do not make Snow White a Navi. What I'm saying is, I just... Listen, I'm blowing your fucking mind right now. Just shut up and let me blow your mind. So, <laughs> because Walt Disney was the James Cameron of the 1930s slash 40s or whatever, right? Because the story is weak in this movie, right? It's a very simple, boring, kind of simple, weak story. But the visuals... At that time, were stunning. Now, if you watch Avatar, the first Avatar from 2009, oh, how long ago it was. The story, simple. Kind of boring story. Kind of eh story, right? But the visuals at the time of its release were dope. Now, if you watch the movie, the visuals are so cool, but like, you know, been there, done that kind of thing, right? Like, you know, so that's kind of what we're dealing with here. I just made a great comparison that everyone should be impressed with. <laughs> We're losing our minds. So, um, okay. <clears throat> Wrapping up here. Um, I, I'm glad we talked about this. Hopefully we made it somewhat entertaining for you guys. We're happy to be back for season four of Shoot the Flick. And we're happy you're joining us. Yes. We will be back next week with a regular old movie review actually scott is going to show me a movie that uh i i have been interested in seeing because there is a sequel that came out this year or i should say in 2022 to this movie that scott's going to show me that i haven't watched yet because i've never seen the original so i'm really excited to talk about it and watch it 
But uh, until then, this has been Shoot the Flick. I'm Frankie Sparks. And I'm Scott Eisenberg. I thought you were going to be like, I'm Prince Scott. <laughs> uh, make sure you check us out on Instagram and Twitter, at ShootTheFlick. And check out all our episodes on iTunes, Spotify, Google Podcasts, and iHeartRadio, and pretty much anywhere else you can find a podcast. And make sure you come back next week for our high-flying, trailblazing movie adventure. You can say great balls of fire. Oh no, you're gonna give it away. We don't talk about he told me my fish would die the next day. Yeah. No, no.